from KGW News, this is Straight Talk with Laurel Porter. Hello and welcome to Straight Talk. I'm Laurel Porter. Decision 2020 saw a national trend with more people of color running for office and making history. Vice President-elect Kamala Harris became the first woman and person of color to be elected vice president. Here at home, Portland voters elected the most racially diverse council in the city's history. And in East Multnomah County, in Gresham, though votes are still being counted, the top two vote-getters are both men of color. We'll take a look at the race between Travis Stovall and Eddie Morales in our next segment. But first, we take a look at what the victory means for Portland City Commissioner-elect Mingus Maps. Mingus Maps beat incumbent Chloe U. Daly with an impressive 56 to 43 percent win. Maps becomes the fourth black member to serve on Portland City Council. He joins the first black woman ever elected to the council, Joanne Hardesty, elected in 2018. And along with Commissioner-elect Carmen Rubio, the first Latinx member of council, they make up the most racially diverse council in Portland's history, as the majority on the council are now people of color. While he won't be sworn in until January, Maps is already jumping into action, making his voice heard about the ongoing destructive protests and what he sees as a path forward. At the same time, community activists pushing for substantive police reform wonder if that's still possible. Candace Avalos, who unsuccessfully ran against Rubio and chairs the Citizens Review Committee, told the Oregonian, quote, I'm not so sure anymore. I want them to succeed. I want this new city council to hear the people. I always give them a chance, but I will be keeping a very close eye. They're in the hot seat now. And one of the council members on that hot seat, Commissioner-elect Mingus Maps joins us now to share his vision for the future of Portland and what this historic moment means. Welcome back to Straight Talk. And we talked on election night after you were declared the winner. And once again, congratulations. Well, thank you so much, and thanks for uh, tuning back in with me. Well, let's talk about the historical importance of your election. You were only the third black man ever elected to Portland City Council, and it's been 28 years since the last black man, Dick Bogle, served on council. What does this moment in time mean to you, and how would you explain its significance and that of the racial diversity of this new council? Oh, sure. Well, this is a profound moment for me personally. It's also a humbling moment for me personally. And I think it's an important moment for our state and our city. You know, it was less than 100 years ago that Oregon repealed the last of its black exclusion laws. Uh, those were the laws that prevented African-Americans from even just existing here in Oregon. And now, as you said, I'm about to become the third African-American ever to serve on Portland City Council. Um, and we have a majority of minorities um, on our Portland City Council. I'm incredibly excited for this team. And, um, you know, I know all the people who serve on City Council. I respect them, I love them, and I think Portland's gonna love them too. Uh, Carmen Rubio's done amazing work over at the Latino Network. Uh, Joanne Hardesty is a, a true Portland trailblazer and a civil rights hero. And I hope people don't forget that Dan Ryan is also an important uh, civil rights hero and trailblazer too. He'll be, I think, only the second openly gay man to ever serve on uh, Portland City Council. Um, I'm glad to have Dan at the table, and I admire that man's Courage. And Mayor Wheeler was reelected, and I understand today we're taping on Thursday. I understand you're meeting with the mayor on Friday. Yes. Tell us about that. 
oh, I want to compliment the mayor and everyone in City Hall for um, helping with our transition. Uh, everyone has been great, incredibly um, constructive and helpful as we figure out how to be on City Council. Um, and Wheeler himself has been incredibly gracious, has opened every door. We'll be talking. I'm not sure what we're talking about. I'm sure we're talking about how we can make the city better uh, um, from everything from COVID to homelessness to police reform, I suspect is going to be on the agenda. You beat incumbent Chloe U. Daly, and in her concession speech, she said she thought your election was a step backward for the city. And here's part of what she said. This is a sad day for Portland. We were poised to have one of the most progressive city councils that Portland has ever had. And with the re-election of Mayor Wheeler and the election of Mingus Maps, it's a step backwards for progress. I really don't think it reflects Portland's progressive spirit. What is your reaction to that, and what direction do you think the new council will take? Well, I want to thank Commissioner U. Daly for her um, service to our city. Elections are hard and election nights are particularly hard. Um, what I want to do now is to bring every Portlander to, to the table to address the incredible challenges that we face at this moment. Everything from COVID uh, to a recession, uh, to houselessness, to climate change. I think if we bring everyone to the table, learn from each other, we can actually make progress on these important issues. Let's go back to something that happened last week, and you already jumped into action with some strong response to this last week after Commissioner Dan Ryan voted against an amendment to defund the police budget by $18 million. A small group of demonstrators vandalized his house. And we also saw people the day before that smash windows on downtown businesses and a church that does outreach for the homeless. You held a news conference, a virtual news conference on Friday with two dozen local black community leaders. And you said you had Dan Ryan's back and called on those who would commit violence and destruction to stop. What do you see as the path forward here? Well, I think Portlanders need to reject violence uh, um, in the context of political discourse and political debate. Um, you know, it's not just Dan, it's small businesses and everybody face violence. That makes no sense. I believe a couple of days ago, the Democratic Party, uh, Multnomah County's building was uh, vandalized. This makes sense. This is not, this does not make sense. This is not the Portland way. Uh, um, you know, we can disagree, but let's leave the violence and the intimidation and the arson in the past. As I mentioned at the top of the show, a lot of people are watching to see what sort of substantive reforms the council will make when it comes to the police bureau and community safety. Would you have voted for the $18 million in cuts? And if not, what are you willing to do when it comes to police reform? Well, you know, I, in some ways, I think that we frame this debate wrong. Um, instead of picking numbers about how much we should shrink the police department. What I think we should do is come together as a community and talk about the kind of public safety system that we want and then look at the programs that will get us there. So I don't know if that means a $50 million cut or a $10 million cut or reallocating resources from one program to another. Uh, what we really need to focus on is the outcomes that we want. And I think after that, we can figure out the budgeting. We're seeing a record high number of COVID cases in Multnomah County and across the state and really across oh, yeah. the country. And Governor Brown announced a two-week pause going on right now on social activities in several counties in Oregon. How do you want to see the city of Portland address the COVID crisis going forward? 
Oh, aggressively. We've been tracking the COVID numbers here in Multnomah County uh, closely. We really are in the darkest days of this pandemic. Uh, everyone needs to pay attention to the advice given out by the governor and um, our health authorities. So please wear your mask. Please wash your hands. Please social distance. Uh, when you come together uh, with your friends, which you should do, you know, keep it small and try to do it outside. And homelessness is still a big concern, a top concern really for Portlanders. And as we head into wintry weather and an increase in COVID cases, how should the city respond to help people who are houseless? Oh, I'm deeply concerned about folks who are sleeping out on the streets right now, especially as COVID spreads and the rains come. Um, as a community, I think we should find safe places for um, our houseless neighbors to sleep, someplace where they can both be um, out of danger and have access to, um, you know, hygiene services, be able hand washing stations, showers, um, hopefully medical care too. And then I th hope that we follow through and instead of kind of releasing these people just back into the wild, we work with them to get the services they need and the permanent housing that will help them stabilize their lives. And on that theme, the mayor this week talked about a plan that he had to address the homelessness crisis. He wants to try to get people off the streets, people living on the streets, and he wants to get them into city shelters or maybe even large managed camps. Some advocates for the homeless say that might further traumatize people who are homeless. Do you support the mayor's plan? What are your ideas about it? Well, I'll tell you, we tried to do some research yesterday to figure out the nuts and bolts of the mayor's plan. Um, and uh, the mayor and I are going to talk tomorrow. Um, I agree in the principle that, you know, where folks are just sleeping on the sidewalks, we got to do better. Um, I hope that we're doing um, aggressive outreach to let people know um, what their resources are. And I hope that we support these people uh, um, wherever they are. Um, so we're going to be continuing those conversations. But I think the general direction, like getting people who are currently outside in inside and safe is incredibly important and that's always going to be my goal when i'm on city council so you're not going to be sworn in until january you're already really busy though how will you spend the next several weeks yeah. preparing Oh, we are building our um we're building out our uh, city hall staff um, i'm literally going down to City Hall tomorrow to pick up phones and computers. Um, we're talking to people, uh, both people who got us here and people who are a little bit skeptical of our campaign. Uh, when I talk about bringing everyone to the table, I very much mean that. And we'll, we, we will be plotting out our 100 day strategy, which we'd be happy to tell you about in a couple of weeks. And have you had the opportunity to talk to any of your fellow commissioners yet? Oh, um, yes, I think I'd be either um, in person via text or social media. I think we've all kind of connected um, in various ways. Everyone um, was, was very gracious about reaching out on election day. Um, everyone's been incredibly gracious to me and my staff as we kind of try to think through how to make this transition work. Um, I'm just incredibly proud and feel privileged to join such an amazing team. We have about a minute left, Commissioner-elect Mingus Maps. Can you give us a final message that you might have for Portland viewers? Oh, well, I, first of all, um, thanks to everyone who participated in the election. Um, I think it's also important that we move beyond Election Day. Um, these debates have been great. Now it's time to get to work. I invite everyone to come to the table to figure out how we make progress on COVID, homelessness, um, and police reform. We're going to need your help, and we're going to need all hands on deck all throughout the winter. 
and we look forward to hearing your 100-day plan when you have it. So we hope you'll come back here on Straight Talk. We sure will. We thank you for joining us. Commissioner-elect Mingus Mapp, best of luck to you. When we come back, we check in on the race for Mayor in Gresham, a race that still has not been decided. We're back right after this. Welcome back to Straight Talk. I'm Laurel Porter. It has been more than 10 days since the election, but the race for Gresham mayor is still too close to call. At last check on Thursday, just 77 votes separate the candidates, Travis Stovall and Eddie Morales, with Stovall in the lead. It's a historic election for Gresham. Mayor Shane Bemis, who resigned last spring, had served in the role for 18 years. Stovall is an African-American entrepreneur, and Eddie Morales is a Latino community organizer and current city councilor. The two men reflect the changing demographics of Oregon's fourth largest city, which has become much more diverse. Here to shed some light on what's happening with the vote count and their vision for the future of Gresham, I'm pleased to welcome Gresham City Councilor Eddie Morales and candidate Travis Stovall, who's joining us on the telephone from SeaTac as he's traveling. Thank you both for joining us here on Straight Talk. Thank you, Laurel. Thanks so much for having us, Laurel. Well, this really is a nail biter of an election. There were five candidates. Congratulations to you both for being the top two in the race with this race so close. In your view, what is the significance of this mayoral election to the city of Gresham? We'll begin with Eddie Morales. Yeah, you know, as you mentioned, Laurel, our city has changed so much in the last uh, decade. You know, we are almost 40 percent uh, black, indigenous and people of color here. Almost 20% of our population are non-U.S. born, and our city has gotten younger. So the average age is 35, and um, this really reflects um, us being able to elect uh, someone that is more representative of our city. Um, for uh, two decades now, our city has been, um, you know, run by a small insular group of people who haven't really represented all of Gresham, and I think uh, this is going to be a historic change in that. Travis Stovall, what, what do you think it means for Gresham? Oh, you know, importantly, we can look at the not just the changing change demographics in Gresham, but also the, the movement uh, across America and that movement of being more inclusive, having an opportunity to ensure that people of color, you know, have a voice. And the critical things is we are we're looking at leadership. And that's what I believe this election represents with the two front runners, you know, being minorities, we now have that opportunity to have a platform to effectively talk about the inclusivity and the racial justice that needs to happen that's been waning for years. So it's not just about the demographic changes in Gresham, but it's a clear it is a clear expectation now that uh, we have an opportunity to have these these critical discussions while at the same time ensuring that we're looking at the fiscal responsibilities for the city ensuring we're leading the city forward and tackling some of the most challenging issues that Gresham will face as we go forward a lot of people are wondering what is going on with the vote what's taking so long there's still something called challenge ballots that could impact the election that's a ballot that didn't get counted because either the return envelope signature doesn't match the voter registration signature or there was no signature at all on the ballot return envelope there were about 558 of those uh, eddie morales can you tell us what's happening with those ballots yeah you know this is something that is not new to me when i ran uh two years ago um, I was, um, you know, on election night, 
uh, down about 1,500 votes. And by around this time, um, uh, last election, I had caught up um, and went into this uh, phase of uh, curing ballots. Um, so as you mentioned, there's about 500 uh, voters whose ballots uh, were not signed or the signatures on them don't match um, you know, what the county has on file. Um, we really want to make sure that all voters uh, in Gresham's um, and, and our supporters' ballots are um, counted. And so uh, we are reaching out to our supporters and helping uh, them uh, make sure that they know how to cure, cure their ballot, that they know that they need to get their ballot in to the county office by Tuesday at 5 p.m. for their vote to count. You know, we, we reached out to thousands of people and with my campaign, and we always make sure we reach out to all of Gresham, and particularly people who um, don't always participate in elections. And, um, you know, the, the idea of voting is new to a lot of um, people who just turned 18 in time to vote this election, people who become citizens and are voting for the first time, or people just who haven't been involved in the political process. And so um, those are a lot of the people that I also engaged in my campaign, and, and we really feel it's our responsibility to help uh, ensure that their vote is going to count. And Mr. Stovall, is your campaign also reaching out to those challenge ballot voters? And when do you think we could know a winner? We absolutely are. And, you know, I believe, you know, Council Morales has already referenced all the things that should go into making sure that these votes get counted, because that's critical. We want representation of our citizens to be counted in such a critical concept of voting. And so we're doing the same thing. We're reaching out to you know, the, the voter list of the challenge ballots to ensure they know exactly how to get those back and when they need to get them back. And so it's a critical step in the process to ensure their vote is counted. And most likely, you know, it won't be until, you know, the vote is absolutely certified on the 23rd that we'll know the true outcome because of how close this race is. And really, I mean, that closeness is just representative of you know, what folks feel is uh, kind of just really looking to move the city forward. And, you know, it's interesting, you know, because, you know, Council Morales is currently on the council. I'm, you know, running for mayor. And if I get if I get, if I get the mayor role, then the citizens, I think their votes count because they're, you know, the top two people who have run for mayor then will be on the council having an opportunity to help lead the city. And if you end up as the official winner, Mr. Stovall, you'll become the first black mayor of Gresham and of any major Portland metro city. What does that mean to you and what's your top priority if you do become the city's mayor? Well, you know, it's similar to what I said uh, as I answered that first question. Really, the recognition of a man of color having the opportunity to help lead a major city in the metropolitan area is the recognition of the changing sentiment, you know, in our city, uh, across our region, to say that all people, you know, need an opportunity to provide leadership to uh, to our city. And, you know, Gresham is the second largest city in the region, fourth largest city in the state. And to have the honor, have the honor of serving uh, the citizens of Gresham uh, would be tremendous. And, you know, the priorities, uh, of course, are, are, are answering the call of what's going on with COVID-19 and the devastation that it's having on our citizens and our businesses. That's a critical response that we have to lean into. We have to make sure that our budget, uh, you know, is something that is going to be sustainable. So we have to lean into that conversation. And then we need we have to lean into the, the social justice conversation and how that impacts safety in our community and law enforcement and making sure everybody in our community feels safe in regards to our interactions with law enforcement. Those are some critical things, but 
really one of the critical key areas that I, I always enjoy talking about is equitable economic development. Because economic development in itself is not bad, but it needs to be more equitably distribu- distributed across our citizenry. And that's what's important. How do we make sure everybody has an opportunity to pull themselves from poverty to achieve prosperity? Okay, Mr. Stovall, let me bring in Councilor Morales. Even if Mr. Stovall wins this race, you'll still be on the council, which has become more progressive with this election. What's the number one priority for you going forward for Gresham, whether you're the mayor or city councilor? Yeah, Laurel, you know, I when I joined the council two years ago, I ran a pretty historic race. Uh, it was the most amount of voters that had participated in a local election uh, that year. And I helped, uh, you know, that really helped to unseat the president at the time of the council. Since then, I've been working to um, diversify the council, to bring in more voices into City Hall. And, um, you know, regardless of what happens with this election, um, there will be four of us now who share our similar values about engaging the community being transparent and really inclusive. And so we, you know, one of the first things we wanna to get to work on right away is um, uh, fixing our um, really dire financial situation of our city. We're a $13 million uh, budget deficit um, due to 20 years of uh, financial mismanagement. Uh, and we wanna make sure that we have a sustainable budget going forward. Uh, we also wanna make sure that uh, we come out of this COVID um, pandemic, uh, making sure that we don't um, leave our most vulnerable behind and that we don't balance our city budget uh, with regressive fees the way that it's been done on the backs of people who have little already. Uh, In just about a minute, Mr. Stovall, what would you propose to do to fill that over $13 million budget shortfall that Gresham is facing? So we have to, uh, you know, we've got this utility fee that we utilize. You know, I'm I'm not supportive of it overall just because it's regressive, but, but we have to look at effectively utilizing that utility fee to ensure that we've got the finances to lead our city forward. We also have to ensure, you know, that we are looking at the investments that we need to make both short and long term, and maybe we can pull back on some of those capital dollars in the short term to help fill our budget hole, if at all possible. And lastly, we have to look at the budget cuts, and uh, there are going to be budget cuts. And we just need to make sure that the critical services that we need to provide our city are there and available. So those are the critical three components that I see as making sure that we can move the city forward. Long term, we've got to have a much more in-depth conversation. We have about a minute uh, for each of you for a closing comment for our viewers. We'll begin with Councillor Morales. Yeah, you know, I just think people should be really proud that we had historic turnout again this year, um, that we had a, a contested elections for every position available, which is something that has not happened, uh, which to me signals that there are more people paying attention in our city, more people wanting to be involved. And uh, that was something that I, you know, was my mission when I first ran, um, that we put uh, the power back into the, the community, that people who are directly impacted by issues that we're making decisions on on the council are included in the solutions and the process. And so um, to me, this is a really exciting time for our city. We're the fourth largest city, uh, biggest suburb of Portland. And we have a big role to play, not just uh, in the region, but statewide. And Mr. Stovall, about a minute. So Laurel, it's it's similar to what Council Morales referenced. This is, it has been a historic race in, in our city. And it's critical to make sure that we re, you know remind ourselves 
of the incredible outcomes or the incredible outpouring of everybody being engaged. And that's really exciting. As we look to move forward, we've got to continue to make sure that we reach out to those citizens, engage them in the process, and make sure that we're listening as we help to lead the city forward, because that's going to be critical. I've been involved for the last 15 years in the city of Gresham, and I've seen the tremendous progress we've, we've made. It's a great foundation. We need to keep that going. Well, thank you to both Councillor Eddie Morales and Travis Stovall for joining us. I hope you'll both come back on the show in the near future, and good luck to both of you. Absolutely. Thank you, Laurel. Thank you so much. And thank you for watching and listening. Remember to download our podcast. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Search for KGW Straight Talk. Join us next week when we look at some women candidates who emerged winners in Decision 2020, including the mayor-elect of West Lynn. We'll see you next week for Straight Talk. Have a great week and stay safe.